My name is Triple C, Olympic champion, flyweight champion of the world, and now bantamweight champion of the world. I am the greatest combat athlete of all time. And with that cringe, welcome back to the Triple C and Schmo Show. I'm the Schmo. My partner has an Olympic gold medal. He's a champ champ in the UFC. He's Henry Cejudo. Let's get this ball rolling because time is money and money is time. And we're back on the couch of cringe. And hey, we can pass this thing along. It's got our logo on it. And we're doing the show in the flesh. About time. It is, man. It feels good. Shmo, welcome back. I think I uh, dry cleaned these damn things before you came, man, so you won't stick to them this time. Oh, it's okay. Uh, the Shmo was sticking. They were pretty wet the last time the Shmo was here, but it's good to be back, man. Now, obviously, you're a father, man. What's the update? Baby America? She's getting breastfeed in the other room? Oh, man, it's crazy, Shmo. It's crazy just for the simple fact that you're bringing in a whole, you know... It's like, it's like, you know, I, I know a lot of you guys who are not parents, so you guys have ever had a puppy or anything of that matter. So I'm almost like, no, you created that damn puppy. Like I created, I was part of the creation with my little girl. So which is, it's surreal. I, I, I still almost don't believe it, even though she's sleeping a lot, even though she's crapping a lot, even though there's a lot of things going on and she's finally kind of, she's starting to open her eyes a little bit more, which is cool because she's starting to discover colors, you know, sounds and things of that nature. It's been, uh. It's been cool, man. I've been I've been getting maybe about maybe three four hours of sleep. Not even lying. And she's got a big head like you. She does, man. That's the first thing the doctor said when uh, we had the baby. She was like, Jesus. She's like, she's like, Henry, that's that's your head, chat. There it is. There it is. Now talk to the schmo about training with John Jones. He made a second stint back here in Arizona. Spent all of Thanksgiving here. He's working out with you and Fight Ready and all the coaches, all the training partners. Oh, it's been so good because the, the last time I worked out with him, Schmo, it was, uh, how can I say it? He knew that there is a lot of room for improvements for him, as, even though him being the GOAT, especially we're bringing, we're bringing new techniques, we're bringing structure, you know, we're bringing a whole nother level of how is it that we kind of run our program, and it's all dedicated towards... Uh, somebody like John's like he is the team the team is built around him so I think he sees the great things that we're doing out here at Fight Ready the way we're structuring structuring a lot of these things with Dave Zowan and a lot of the guys that uh from the gym and he he decided to come back within uh within four days from the fact that he when he left the first time he's like dude I gotta get out there again so he came back this time he brought the family and he ended up spending Thanksgiving out here in Arizona so is it safe to say John Bone Jones is going to be a regular over in these parts of town? Well, I mean, never say never, but yeah, I mean, he's out here frequently. He wants to come out here as much as I can. I know he loves Arizona. You know, uh, Phoenix is a lot like Albuquerque. It's just a whole lot nicer and a whole lot better. And, uh, you know, the champ is welcome, man. He, the, when you're the champ, when you're the GOAT, man, you really can do whatever whatever it is that you want to do. Um, but one thing that I do feel like he would have a fight with is just, uh, it's just structure, man. And I think that's the reason why he loves coming out here because of the people, the team, uh, the professionalism that we have out here. And obviously, my job is to dissect them. My job is to dissect his fundamentals. My job is to pinpoint all those minor little things that he's missing because he is missing a lot of things. But he's such a student, schmo. Like we had Jaden Cox in the room uh, yesterday, and he just, you know, he couldn't stop. He couldn't stop but just wrestling this world class athlete. They were going at it for a good forty minutes. 
which was incredible to watch. And yeah, Jaden got the best of him, but just the simple fact that John throws himself out there against an elite, against a, a an Olympic medalist, a two-time world champion. I mean, that says a lot about Johnny Jones' bones. Johnny Bones Jones improving, getting better, and there's weaknesses? Man, that's a scary thought, if so, because Johnny Bones Jones is a dominant fighter. And for all those Johnny Bones Jones updates training here in Arizona, we're sitting next to the man to get him from right here, Triple C. And he's going to say it on the Triple C and Schmo Show. And with that said, let's get into this week's gold medal moment. Let's talk about this lightweight picture here in the UFC because 2022, it seems like a lot of things are getting figured out. We got Benil Dariush booked with Islam Makachev, the number three and number four guys going at it. It's set for February. Conor McGregor talk about his return in April. You got Oliveira and Poirier in two weeks to determine, to determine the champion. We're going to get a clear-cut thing here in 2022. No, and I think it's good. I think what the UFC is doing with Dana White, the fact that they're going to, they're going to allow Justin Gaethje to fight the winner out of Poirier and uh, and Oliveira, which which I'm going for Oliveira, but I almost feel like I almost feel like Poirier might pull it off just for the simple fact that he is war he's war proof. You know what I mean? I don't know if Oliveira has, he hasn't, I've never necessarily ever seen him like be in some like crazy wars. And obviously he did be Michael Chandler to win the belt. But that being said, I think, I think, I think the winner out of that matchup is going to end up fighting Justin Gaethje. And then the winner out of Dargouche and, uh, and, uh, who is, and Islam is going to end up fighting for, you know, the winner of that. So the, the lightweight division right now is on fire. It's good to start seeing that process. And then on top of that, man, you know, McGregor might come in. He might try to steal the shine and get the spotlight. And uh, man, that's just a lot of drama, but, uh, it's good to see where this next year is heading. And I think it's going to be a clear cut, uh, Justin Gaethje, and we're going to have, uh, uh, Islam and uh, Dariush fight. Uh, you know the winner of uh, the winner of of that fight. So it's just it's just good, Schmoll. There's just a lot of drama going at the lightweight division. Well, it seems like the man who's over my left shoulder, your right shoulder, your manager Ali Abdulaziz. He represents three of those four guys we just mentioned, and a Benil Dariush, and Islam Makachev, and Justin Gaethje. It's great that we see what's being sorted out for the next in line contenders because that's respectively your two, three, four guys right then and there. So with all this said, I want to ask you this. Who do you believe will be holding that gold strap this time next year, 2022, of all the names in the lightweight division? Well, yeah, 2022, the person that's going to get the first crack is going to be Justin Gaethje. So I'm going to have to say none other than Justin Gaethje, the highlight role, because he has the opportunity. But the biggest threat for all of them is Islam. So does Gaethje beat, beat Islam? Is that, that That's what the hypothetical situation is. Does he beat Islam? You know what? They're both friends of mine. We're going to have to tune in and watch. I do want to say, but I don't want I don't want to build enemies with Russia or the U.S., but I think it's going to be a great mat matchup because Justin Gaethje brings a fire. He's, he's a risk taker, and obviously Islam is just like his brother Khabib. They're going to go in there. They're, they're very methodical, very calculated, and they're doing all the setups, all the striking geared towards taking you down and eventually punishing you on, on top. So that being said, man, we have to stay tuned and watch, Mo. Okay, but the gold medal question will be this. Obviously, your boy, Conor McGregor, he, him returning in April, right? Him returning, let's say it's Q1 or Q2, maybe even early Q3 of 2022, saying that he gets the immediate title shot. And obviously, he, and, he, and he might, Schmo. That's just the way it is, man. If he's in a butter up Dana White, obviously he brings the numbers. And yeah, he hasn't, he, if you really think about it, he's only beat one lightweight guy. 
and that was Eddie Alvarez when he first won the fight. He hasn't beaten anybody since. But that being said, because he is a cash cow and he is that blonde eyed, blue eyed devil, he he's he's gonna sneak in there because as you can say, man, when Dana White says no, it really means yes. So then the schmo is going to say that we both agree that Conor McGregor is going to be fighting for a title in 2022. I think so. I think so. I think because either one, whoever does get the belt, remember, uh, the, the athlete does have say. Like, he does have pull because, remember, uh, 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 a fighter can take a whole year off with b before he fights next. So there's the leverage on the fighter. You guys do not forget that. So whoever wins the belt and Conor's back and healthy, they want that payday. They want that red panty night. So you guys don't be surprised. I'm not with it, but I also understand it for the fighter that has won the belt. This is a business. The schmo agrees with you. It's going to come down to money. It's going to be coming down to viewership and eyeballs. And that's why the schmo thinks that Conor McGregor is going to end up getting that title shot here in 2022. Let's move on to the silver medal moment. The schmo knows that you watched this fight pretty religiously because we love boxing and I know you love boxing Cambosis and Teofimo Lopez man that thing got like eight different dates so many cancellations that fight finally came to fruition in Madison Square Garden Saturday evening and Cambosis man shocks the world he gets the job done and we got a new unified champion in the lightweight division in boxing Exactly, man. Think about it, Schmo. Think about it, Schmo, because it was, he was a 13-1 underdog. I mean, this fight was pushed. It was first, it was on so many other shows before it actually got caught onto the zone. They're able to make the deal happen. But now these guys are, these guys put on a performance where it was super close, Schmo. But I would give it to Cambosis because, man, he dropped him. He, he he was a more accurate fighter. I didn't like the fact that Teofimo at the end, and I'm a, I was a Teofimo fan, but, man, when you lose and you can't say you won 10 rounds out of the 12, man. Like, that's that's just not cool, man. That being said, George Camposa did a great job, but I do see he's a little suspect along with him and Teofimo with, with their defense because they're both hitting each other and catch each other with that right hand, and it was almost like who is it that could take more and for that reason, uh, uh, George Cambosis was able to take a little bit more than Teofimo. But I'm not sure how long these people are going to last because you getting hit and you taking that damage against a guy like Devin Haney or, uh, or Tank Davis, man, you guys are going to be in trouble. But congratulations to Cambosis. He did an amazing job. He fought for his grandfather. There's a purpose behind it, and he fulfilled that dream. And there's so much shit talking in that division too. The the Javante Davises, obviously, the Devin Haney's, the Ryan Garcias, the Teofimo Lopez's. All this stuff is now coming together. Obviously, Teofimo Lopez losing, it puts a monkey wrench in the situation for him going back to top rank and fighting a Josh Taylor. So it puts everything up in the to grabs there. Of all the 135ers, who do you think's the best right now, now that Teofimo Lopez lost? You know what? I used to think it was Teofimo, but ever since I saw Tank Davis go to 140, the way he bought uh, a Barrios, is it Barrios or Barrera? Barrios. Barrios, yeah. The way he fought Barrios, I'm just like, man, I am just super impressed. Yes, he is a brawler. It's like, it, was, it was almost like Mayorga. I don't know if you guys remember Mayorga from back in the day. He used to smoke a cigarette. He was a brawler, but he was able to beat the the guys like uh, the guys that were extremely technical. But that being said, a brawler at times is so dangerous to any technical fighter, and especially with skill and power 
and 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 will. I think that's what makes Devontae Davis extremely dangerous. But if Ryan Garcia wants it, if he really wants to fight a Tank Davis, I would like to make that fight happen before anything. But I think Tank Davis would have hurt all these dudes. He really would, man. He's he's a short fighter, a lot like Triple C, but he understands his ability, his strength, and his power is dangerous. And back on the note of Teofimo Lopez, what'd you make of him admitting injuries to all the media covering it days before? It seemed like he's already had like an excuse built in. Do you believe in that? Do you buy in that? Would you fight knowing that you're injured and admit that to the media ahead of time? Yeah, see, to me, Shmo, you're going you're gonna to lose fans that way. And this is the thing, man. I've been injured. I've been hurt. And I fought. And sometimes when you're injured and you're hurt and you fight, you, you are driven to a whole nother level because you know that you're, you know, your capacity of being 100% is, is off. But your skill set and your mindset is what drives you and what takes you. So that being said, man... I don't. Th I I think that's a bunch of excuses from Teofimo. And again, I liked him. Even his dad hugged Cambosos at the very end. Teofimo kind of, you know, you got you guys fought. You guys be a good sport about it. If somebody was to take me out or knock me out, I'd be like, hey, at the end of the day, it's all competition. We are supposed to sell these damn fights. We are supposed to talk shit. We are supposed to get in and in, in underneath each other's skin because there's more viewerships and you promote your sport a little bit more for all you triple C haters that don't get it. Anyhow. I was just a little disappointed with Teofimo the way he took that loss, and if I was uh, if I was George Cambosis, I wouldn't give him a rematch. I would go against, I would go for David Haney, or eventually I would probably go up if he's struggling to make 135 pounds too. Devin Haney's got a big fight coming up this weekend too. A lot going down. And it's kind of the opposite though because this weekend the Schmo was over there triad combat. Frank Mayer, he fought injured, didn't admit anything when he lost to Kubrat Pulev, but it was Rampage Jackson on the mic after it was all said and done admitting that Frank Mayer went into this thing injured. Sometimes you're a warrior, you don't have to tell that to anybody. You just got to go there, show up, do your job. Yeah, exactly, Shmo. I've been there before, man. Like, I, you know, I go back to my fight with Mar Marlon Marias. It's like, man, I went in there with a sprained ankle, tore my tore my left shoulder in the first scar in the first round. But you sign up for it, you find a way to win. Then you can th then once you win, you tell them what you were going through. But don't just because you lost and don't sign up, don't show up, don't fight if you're not 100 percent. Then if that if that's uh, how it is that you feel, but don't come out here with excuses. Whether it's Teofimo or Frank Mir or whomever the hell. Please, man, you know, keep those excuses and, uh, you know, just take them home with you because I, I don't believe in that stuff. And with that said, we're moving on to the bronze medal moment. This weekend, we got Rob Font fighting Jose Aldo in the main event, UFC Fight Night in the Apex. Winner of this fight, do they deserve a title shot in the Bantamweight division? Man, um, it's hard to say. If Rob Font wins, I think he does. But if all if Jose Baldo wins, I think he needs to get one more. I think he needs to fight another top competitor because he already fought Peter Young. And let's be honest, man. Aljamain Sterling ain't being Peter Young unless you're going to wrestle the dude, which his wrestling ain't at the pedigree as Triple C. But that being said, Schmo, I'm not sure. If Rob Font wins, I would give it to him if... If if Jose Aldo wins, I would give him one more fight in order for him to get that shot. But as crazy as this may as crazy as this may seem too, I have him beating Rob Font. I really do. I think Rob Font's got good hands, but I believe Jose Aldo's got more weapons with knees and kicks. So for that reason, I'm at to go Jose Baldo. It feels good to have good hair. So upon my return, 
I really did want to fight Dominique Cruz, but I thought about it and he's too brutal. If I was to tell Dominique Cruz to bend the knee, he'd pop his damn neck out. But actually, I'm not here to talk about Dominique. I'm here to talk about Jose Waldo. And I want to give him a clap at his last performance because a lot of people thought he won. I want to congratulate him because now he's part of the Henry Cejudo sweepstakes. But it's under my terms. I want to fight him in my city. Rio de Janeiro. Daddy's coming home. Dana White, let's sign that contract. Ah, and one last thing. Your movie sucks. Yeah, and Jose Aldo and you were linked to a fight. It obviously never materialized, but the schmo thinks that you've been training for this guy at one point in time. If you're Rob Font, what's the difference maker to beat this man Saturday at the Apex? Yeah, Rob Font, does, he doesn't have the styles or the tools to beat. I mean, he could, beat, he could beat him if he just really uses his footwork and really gets pretty with his boxing, but I don't think Jose Aldo is going to allow that. He's going to kick his legs. He's going to do X, Y, and Z. I think that's going to be the difference because once you kick the legs, you compensate the hands. But for 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 uh, to beat a guy like Jose Aldo, because I got ready for him for four weeks before the whole COVID pandemic stuff happened, is you wrestle him. And you make it ugly. You re you really invest a lot in the training and the wrestling portion, which is something that Rob Font doesn't have. Even though I'm a fan of Rob Font's fighting or her striking, at least I still don't think he is a complete mixed martial artist with where he's a lot more threatening with the submission game or even his takedowns. You know what I'm saying? So his, his striking is up to par. Him and his training partner, the 45 pounder, I forget his name. Uh, 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 Calvin, Calvin Cater. Yeah, Calvin Cater. They're both. They got a phenomenal coach. I can tell that coach knows what he's doing. Tyson Chartier. Shout out to the New England cartel. Yeah, but I, I wish I, I I need to see more wrestling from these dudes. I need to see more dynamics of setups and and, and takedowns and 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 even in their striking, just different different setups to uh, to create whether kicks, takedowns, or punches, but. I got to see more level changes and high lows from them because you can train for a guy that's just going to strike just like uh, just like Hollywood did against Cater. You just all strike him. If you got better striking, you just press him. You just bring the fight. And uh, the guy with the more tools is going to win. And for that reason, I'm going to have to go Jose Baldo. And now I'm actually cheering for Rob Font because I want him to get the opportunity. But I just got to go with Jose Baldo. The Schmo fears that no matter what happens in this fight, the winner still might be drowned out just given the situation and the circumstances of waiting in the bantamweight division, waiting for Pewter Jan and Aljamain Sterling to, waiting for TJ Dillashaw to get healthy. And then obviously you got Dominic Cruz, he's fighting in two weeks, he's fighting Pedro Munoz, there's a lot going on in the bantamweight division. That, I think Dominic Cruz has the best chance to beat up Peter Young. You know why? It's because of his distance game and the fact that he wrestles. None of these guys wrestle. None of these guys had really forced Peter Young to actually wrestle. And the way Dominic Cruz mixes it, I'm not saying he could beat Peter Young, but I'm saying he has the best chance of beating Peter the Ugly Potato Young. That makes any sense. And that's actually a damn compliment to uh, Dominic the Booth Cruz. And where's Dominic Cruz? I think Jose Aldo was covering him. He's, he's looking good. He's looking good. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Dominic Cruz. And with that said, let's move on to this week's top moment. Over the weekend, the Schmo was at Triad Combat, the debut of a new sport, MMA versus boxing, inside of a little tiny triangle. And then they had Metallica playing. 
It was an amazing event to be a part of. The first of its kind historic. The Schmo interviewed Nick Cannon. The Schmo interviewed Rampage Jackson. Interviewed Shannon the Cannon Briggs. And all the other characters involved in this event. Platinum Mike Perry. He got knocked down a couple of times. But he got the split decision victory. It was one hell of a show. He got heavy metal. One of the greatest to ever do it. It was a fantastic event to be on. There was no MMA. Big MMA promotion going on this past weekend. No UFC. So why not try this triad combat? And it did not disappoint. What's your favorite Metallica song, Triple C? Man, ah, oh, man, I don't even know if I listen to Metallica to be honest with you, or maybe you have, but I don't know. You remind me. Can you sing something up for me? Can you cook something up for me, Schmo? Seek and destroy. <laughs> That'll be it. That'll be it. But I know that's amazing. I, I believe what Triller is doing is uh, is unique, and I do believe that mixing like the whole boxing martial arts type stuff with the clinching and the boxing i do believe myself that that could be the future of uh, or and the biggest competitor for the ufc it was interesting obviously because the team mma beat team boxing there was no knees there was no kicks there was no elbows it was just straight hands and a little bit of grappling obviously you can't wrestle with them but it was such a tight close corner you couldn't run anywhere and uh, it was all a game of inches. And it was exciting because they're all two-minute rounds. Not three-minute rounds you typically get in boxing, but two minutes, quick action-packed stuff. And uh, you can't blink, man, because there's always something going on. And it was fun. It was fun to be a part of that. Yeah, that was the first thing I heard from you, Shmo. I'll be honest with you. I missed it because I, I was watching uh, Teofimo and uh, and George fight on, on the zone. But... Man, you've been raving about it, so I'm going to have to go back and watch it. But I do know that Vitor Belfo is a good friend of mine. It, it, it was his idea to come up with these rules, and it's just super cool, man, to see what Triller has done to bring it together. And I can only see that thing going up from here. And the schmo hypothesizes that Vitor Belfort against an Anderson Silva right inside the trend, that could be a future match. That could be on the second one coming up. That's the crossover we get to see. We get to see some of these MMA guys going up against other MMA guys or professional boxers. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff going on, but this is the official crossover. The schmo thought the rules were going to favor the boxers, but that certainly wasn't the case. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about it. Is you saw some boxers that won and some and some MMA fighters that won. And I believe when you get two MMA fighters like a Vitor Belfort and uh, and an Anderson Silva fight and do and fight with those rules, man, I believe it's going to be interesting. I really do. I used to think that I wanted to see them box, but now with the clinch game, I believe a lot of things will change. And I think this fight could could do great numbers with Anderson Silva and Vitor Belfort. We can't wait to see Shannon the Cannon Bridge, Briggs against Rampage Jackson. That's must-see TV. Those guys are great together. Get them a reality TV show together, too. We have to ask you this, Come though. Come on, champ. Come on, champ. Hey, it's let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. <laughs> Come on, champ. Let's go, champ. He's a character. He's great. Great guy, man. But that guy was smoking so much weed, man. And Schmo want to get a hit or two off of that, man. That guy was going at it all. Whole time, man. They had his hotel room across from Rampage's hotel room. Surprised they didn't have too many crazy wars, but that was just one thing. The Schmo knows. It was a great time. Question for you, though. The Schmo interviewed Nick Cannon, and he did call out Kevin Hart to a celebrity boxing match. Now tell the Schmo you're not going to let Kevin Hart get the best of you, man, and the jokes and the pranks. He gave his cell phone out to everyone. The yeah, Schmo I mean, got I that one. At the end of the day, it's going to be me and Kevin in the ring. 
Okay. That's what's going to have to happen. All right. That's what's going to have to happen. And the schmo's going to referee for you guys. <laughs> there it is. So it got the schmo thinking, what two celebrities would Triple C want to see get inside the ring? Man, the two that I would love to see, Schmo, I would have to say Holly Berry because she just came out with the movie uh, Bruise, which was, uh, you know, which was cool because it had Valentina in there. None other than Jennifer Lopez, who has done some combat movies too with Enough. So I believe those two girls are about similar in weight. I believe Holly Berry is a little slightly taller than Jennifer Lopez, but I think that would be a mega fight, Schmo. And, and the Schmo just wants to go over the odds of what we saw for that Nick Cannon and that uh, Kevin Hart fight because we know what those odds were. They were on Bet Online AG. Right now, the opening is at minus 200 for Nick Cannon, plus 160 for Kevin Hart. What odds would you give Halle Berry? And Jennifer Lopez. Oh, man, I don't know, man. It's just that the thing is with uh, with you know uh, with uh, with Jennifer Lopez is she comes she comes she you know she's changed from the block, man. You know what I'm saying? She, I'm sure she scrapped back in the day in uh, in Boricua country out there in New York. So I don't know. I would say this fight would be even. I would love to see that fight, Schmo. That's your celebrity fight. Yeah, of course. So I I believe it, I believe I believe the odds would actually be even. Even odds. And with that said, what's your name? I am Triple C. I am the Schmo. I'm the Couch of Cringe. And we are...